Wait a minute, I hear something. It's that time again. We are smack dab in the middle. I don't even know that we're in the middle because there's a lot of movies in this, but we're right in the process of all of our Jaws or aquatic horror knockoff movies. And this one was brought up by my good friend and podcast legend Dan Bone uh, from podcast On Haunted Hill and various other shows. And, uh, because you've heard him on the show a few times and on other shows that, that I've done in the past. So, uh, he recommended or brought up, I don't know that he necessarily recommended it, but I wanted to do this one because this is one of those movies that falls right in that sweet spot that I always talk about late seventies, early eighties, uh, style of filmmaking. And while this one's probably not a great one. It definitely had the potential, right? Uh, I specifically remember seeing the uh, the advertisements for this one on regular TV, and you know, when you're a ten-year-old kid or whatever, and you see this, and you're like, "Whoa!" Right? So we are talking about Blood Beach from 1981. It's just a straight-up horror film, y'all. That's all it says. Horror. That's it. Um. Directed by Jeffrey Bloom. Um, not exactly sure what else Jeffrey Bloom has done. Oh, Flowers in the Attic. How about that? Uh, that's pretty much the biggest thing I can find right off the cuff that he did, which that's enough, right? Um... Let's look at a synopsis here. Policemen are baffled when uh, people disappear, sucked into the beach by a sand creature. Yeah, man, this this uh, this is a 50s movie, right? Or late 60s idea, right? And it even plays that way for the most part. Uh, it almost feels like it's a made-for-TV movie too, because it's not really a lot of uh, not a lot of gore. Uh, downplays a lot of it but what it lacks in slow storytelling or what it you know I don't know it just kind of it does kind of drag but what it lacks in all those other things it does great things with a cast uh, and we'll talk about it in a second let's talk about why to watch short sharper with a great cast with some genuine thrills and chronically underrated uh like I said, it's got the potential. I'd love to see a remake of this. This next one says, I love Blood Beach for its great campy acting and interesting take on Jaws phenomenon. So they're even admitting, yes, this is a Jaws ripoff. Which you already know that or we wouldn't be doing it on this show, right? Next one says, Blood Beach was kind of fun and watchable in a humanoids from the deep kind of way. Yeah. That's... That's pretty good. That's about right. Except we're lacking some skin, right? But the only thing we're really lacking as far as comparing it to that movie, it does have a 4.5 out of 10, so, you know, not the greatest review. 
and we'll talk about why. But let's talk about our cast. John Saxon. Captain Pearson, right? Who doesn't love some John Saxon? You know I do, right? Even on Hell Ming, we talk about the greatness of John Saxon. And uh, he obviously delivers in this one with some great lines that, uh, I don't know, I, I got a feeling that even though there wasn't really a lot action-wise in this movie, I kind of feel like he might have enjoyed making this one. Now, who do you couple him up with? Burt Young. That's right, Polly from the Rocky movies. Uh, and he's uh, Sergeant Ryoko. Roy, Royko. Sergeant Royko, yeah. And uh, we got uh, Lena Pissett in this. Uh, it, it's got a lot of folks, man. Uh, Otis Young, David Huffman. Um, a lot of people you've seen in, in a lot of flicks. Uh, nothing to really go out and about and really brag on, but you've seen these folks in a lot of, a lot of 70s TV and movies for sure. So, uh, yeah. You, you've got a story of a, a police force. We're in L.A. And it starts off this... Uh, this uh, young police officer is going to go out and take a morning swim in the process of doing so he runs into a lady that he talks to pretty often and while he's out in the water she's standing on the beach and she gets sucking sucked into the the, the sand and um you know you think about especially our age group right with the the 80s and everything we we think about uh quicksand being an issue, right? Remember you seen the memes where it says I never, you know, I was always afraid quicksand would be a much bigger issue than it really is. This kind of plays on that too, right? It's the unknown. What's underneath there? What's pulling you down, right? And uh, you get a series of people disappearing and for the longest time it's just they're, they're missing people, right? And this young cop, uh, uh, a past love interest in his life shows back up and I believe she's the daughter of the first lady that disappears so they're spending their time trying to find her and uh, you you got two or three relationships here and, and that's kind of the problem with this movie is it focuses a whole lot on these romantic uh, escapades with not much of a payoff by the way I will say that uh, but it, it spends a lot of time trying to develop characters that really doesn't pan out at the end to really amount to anything. You get this uh, one couple that sing a a love country song to each other in the morning, and later on the show they perform it live on stage. Uh, so this guy's, you know, he's a police officer. He's like, hey, I I, I can't work the beat tonight because I got to go boogie. <laughs> And uh, so you get a lot of lines like that, pure pure late 70s, early 80s stuff, right? Boogie was on its way out at this point, so who knows? Uh, not a term that we, that we used freely in the later 80s for sure. Um, you get more and more people disappearing. You get, uh, and again... Burt Young and, and John Saxon make this movie because they've got some hilarious lines all the way through this thing. Uh, John Saxon even talks about that's as 
about as useless as whiskers on a sausage. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know, man. He's just he's delivering here with what little he's got. He's doing a great job, but they're getting beat up on, especially by local politicians about hey you know you're spending all this time looking for these lost people and you're coming up with nothing and you're wasting our money and you know so they're getting beat up left and right well the problem gets worse and worse right because more and more people are disappearing they can't find them and this thing again plays like a 50s 60s movie also again obviously a jaws ripoff because it's even doing the thing of you know look how powerful it was how much we didn't see the shark this thing plays the same way right we don't see this creature till really right at the end uh, there's one scene where a young lady walks out there and you're being doped right because you're thinking that she's gonna run into the beast but she runs into this guy that's gonna try to rape her and in the process of that guy, that the guy falls down the sand face down and I guess the creature bites his junk off I guess that's that's the assumption here and probably some more too not just, just not just that area but it, it takes a chunk right and you know it just kind of plods along from there till you kind of get to the end of where they kind of track down a, a holding place now I will say when you finally get to where this creature is living We've got a higher body count in this movie than, than you do in Friday the 13th, right? Because they find the remains of like 16 bodies where this creature is holding up, right? Making its homestead. And one of our main characters, it's a lady, actually goes in and... I don't know if she accidentally opens something, but she sees the, the head of one of the police officers that got killed earlier in the movie... And then this door opens up and all these body parts start falling out. So, the, so this creature was obviously, uh, you know, keeping keeping body parts for, for snacks for later on, you know. And, uh, and we also get the, uh, the, the scientist slash Hooper character that says, obviously this is some kind of creature. And I'm just hoping that it doesn't have a regenerate ability and so we get through a whole spill of what does that mean well it means if you you blow it to smithereens and it makes a bunch of smaller ones right well guess what it's kind of the kind of the whole ending of this movie is they find the creature which is a real letdown really i'm going to tell you already um i would have been happier if it would have been just a black blob kind of like from creep show 2 or even the blob just something formless right it ends up being kind of a I don't know kind of a worm but it's got like a head on it that kind of looks like a flower it's just kind of weak that, that's really what hurts this movie more than anything as I think is the creature development is just not good and again somebody could remake this and even with some shoddy CGI uh, you can make this work. So, uh, I don't know. There's your challenge out there, folks. Somebody pick this up and remake it. But I, I tell you what I'd love to see more than anything else. I'd love to see f 
follow-up, uh, you know, sequels of John Saxon and and, uh, <laughs> and Burt Young working together because it's just magic on the screen. I love these guys together, especially when there's a an interview. You know, all the all the uh, they're they're doing a report out on what they're found in investigation, and all the news reporters are there and. You got John Saxon trying to hold it together and be a professional. You got Burt Young up there going, yeah, man, there's arms and legs laying everywhere. I mean, it's it's just great. So for all the problems that this movie has, and it, it does seem to move kind of slow, there's still some good reasons to watch this. I still say, you know, you could redo this and make this a better movie, even if you just took the original movie and just added some CGI stuff to it might even liven it up a little bit I don't really have a problem with the cast I think the performances are pretty decent I think the story just kind of plods along a little slow and the creature's kind of a letdown but uh, of course at the end when they finally get it captured in the location of where it's holding up they blow it up with dynamite and guess what yep it regenerates into little bitty creatures and when the movie is going off you're seeing people on the beach and a lot of people, you know, reacting to little sand pits that are forming on the ground. And that's kind of where this thing ends, right? One little boy is just missing. And then you see these little sand pits popping up everywhere. So, again, not a bad concept. It's not really ground-breaking. I wouldn't say it's nothing we haven't really seen before. But it's just one of those movies, again, that I remember just being so intrigued by as a kid. Because one of the greatest... If catch lines ever phrases you know the 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 headliner for this thing is uh just when you thought you could go back to the beach or get back just when you thought it was safe to go back to the water you can't get there or something to that degree uh i just screwed that up let's see if i can find it uh i'm looking folks i'm looking it's a great catchphrase. Uh, anyways, I think that's it. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get there. I think that's kind of it. So, uh, you know, again, it, it is pretty weak. I'm kind of the same. I don't. I wouldn't give it a three out of five. I think it's more, more of a two. But at the same time, I think you should check it out. I've seen worse. Jaws ripoffs for sure. Uh, still would rather watch this than Jaws 4. Just say it. Not a fan. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for this one. We will check you later. <laughs>